0: And welcome to Ostentatious, the official Lionface Productions podcast where we talk about Jane Austen. My name is Chase, your mostly quiet producer. Today, I sit down with Cassie and Beth to talk about both sense and sensibility. If you live in Northwest Ohio and like to get involved with our organization, be it to act, direct, or anything else theater-related, please reach out to us at facebook.com slash Lionface Productions. And now, happy April Fool's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Y, 395 <laughs> <laughs> mayor of Casterbridge cried myself to sleep. I haven't read it. Jude the Obscure. Oh. You have to read Thomas Hardy novels. Thomas Hardy poetry is amazing. but Thomas Hardy novels, they have a way of ripping your soul apart in well, areas
1: I, that you didn't know that your soul could be destroyed. I do like books that rip my soul apart. Do you? I do enjoy de- emotional devastation. My favorite book is The Book Thief, Beth. That's true.
0: Tess of the D'Urbervilles destroyed me in such a complete and whole way that I still can't look at a man whose name is Angel. I can't. I mean, that can't come up (laughs) terribly often. Comes up frequently. I live in, I work in the south end of Toledo. That's, you know what, fair, fair. I retract my statement. Is well you should. It's a shame because it is
1: being recorded right now.
0: Well then, your We've statement started. We've started. We've oh started. no!
1: Nice. But
0: still, Tess of the D'Urbervilles will crush you. Mm.
1: Okay, but we're not here to talk about Thomas Hardy. We are here on the Shakespeare podcast to now talk don't you, about. Don't, don't you mean? Awesome. Oh!
0: It's our ostentatious podcast,
1: <laughs> which apparently actually needs to be a thing because apparently Beth and I have strong and differing opinions, as we discovered. What? We have differing opinions on things?
0: How could that I thought we were going to be more
1: in line on Jane Austen, but I was apparently wrong.
0: Well, you're apparently an Eleanor, and I'm a Marianne. Apparently
1: that's true.
0: Hmm. At least none of us...
1: But, uh, you know what? Chase over there,
0: he's a Margaret.
1: Look, Margaret's awesome. Margaret is awesome. She wants he... to be a pirate captain. She's the best character Chase... in the
0: book. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's me. That's me. Chase right now would rather be under the table... <laughs> Looking at an atlas, than sitting here talking about Jane Austen with us. Well, I'm not going to be talking very much. Oh, <coughs> not with that attitude.
1: Anyway, so we are discussing today *Sense and Sensibility* by Jane Austen. And I'm Beth Roars. I'm Cassie Greenley. I'm Chase Greenley. Technically here.
0: <laughs> Getting dragged into this, whether you like it or not. It was partially my idea.
1: And so. happy April Fool's
0: Day! Happy April you Fool's Day. You thought it was Day. Shakespeare, and instead we're highly caffeinated and talking about Jane Austen. And Ryan's not here. No beer either. Mm. I
1: mean, not yet. There's in the fridge. Yeah. It can not happen. We didn't do a beer contest for this one, because no. well, I don't Well, because the beer.
0: correct beer for Jane Austen is no beer. It's true. It's like port or it, no? It, <laughs> say, I will tell you exactly what, what the right beer is. It's the leftover wedding champagne on the top of our fridge. Yes. Done. No, that sounds terrible. I should <laughs> yeah, brought yeah. down a good tummy port. You're right. A good tawny, good tawny port. A good tawny port. Maybe a, a, a ruby sherry. A perhaps. ruby sherry. Yes. Yes. Sherry. Yes. We could do what, cordials
1: which I actually just could. think is syrup. Mm-hmm. Or just tea. Ugh. Tea. Uh, I agree. Anyway, Sense and Sensibility. Um, shall we start this as we start Shakespeare and... Should we give him a give quick a run Give a quick through? summary, but actually make it like a quick summary? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Because I think we're only doing one episode of this. We don't have time to split it into two.
0: Well, then I don't know if many people who were like, Shakespeare, yeah, will be like, Shakespeare, But
1: you should stick around.
0: So, it starts off in the Dashwood home.
1: Yes. So you have Mother Dashwood. And her three daughters, Eleanor, Marianne, and Margaret, called Mm -hmm. Meg. And their father is dying.
0: It's true. And their father has been married before and has a son with first wife.
1: He's a jackass. His name is Henry and we hate him.
0: We do. With the bottom of our soul. Because he is selfish.
1: He's selfish. And because of the laws, all of the inheritance is going to him. And none of it is going to. Well, it's the uncle's estate. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's the uncle's estate. It's complicated and I don't understand. They left
0: it to Henry Sr., and then then after Henry Sr., it's entailed. Right. To Henry Jr., and then Henry Jr.'s child, who was also named Henry. Henry. Little Henry. So, too many Henrys.
1: Yeah. Too many Ashwoods. The dying Henry makes his son promise that he's going to do something. For his sisters but he neglects to actually extract what that should be and this is where I hate Henry so much because he initially goes I'm gonna give the girls a thousand pounds each which would have been 20, super gen- generous 20. and it would have gotten very them very helpful unfortunately marriage market it would have gotten them married it would have and then his wife who is more horrible than he is she's like what do they need with a thousand pounds a piece surely you're being Your father just meant that
0: you would look after them and make sure they didn't get into any trouble. So he doesn't need a thousand
1: apiece. Maybe a thousand between all of them. But over the course of about two days, she talks him down from giving them a thousand pounds apiece to just, like, send them some meat once in a while and make sure they're doing okay. And that's that's all you need to do. That's what your daddy wanted. You're right. That is what my dad wanted. Yep.
0: Now, do you think Henry Dashwood was hurting
1: for funds? No. Do you think he's just a
0: dick? I do. So we'll give this the stamp of dick approval. Yes. Ooh, I don't like that. We're taking that back. No.
1: <laughs> but I can't back
0: swipe. No. Swipe, delete, swipe, delete, swipe, delete.
1: But his wife is a Pharisee, so they've got money. Yeah. Oh, the Pharisees. Uh We'll get to them. Anyway, so they're still in the home, but now their family home technically belongs to Henry, who yeah. already has a family home somewhere and doesn't need this one, but... Yeah, Papa Papa Henry's gone. Brother Henry's living there. And Mrs.
0: Dashwood the second is just being awful. Should we call her Ferris Dashwood? Fanny. We'll just call Fanny. her Fanny. So Fanny's just being awful. She wants to count the silver. She wants to start taking over the household. So this woman has just lost, like, Mrs. Dashwood has just lost her husband her entire way of life. The, her, they've been together for at least 20 years because mm-hmm. Eleanor is 19. I mean, I assume they've been together for at yeah. least 20 years.
1: Yeah, so, just, they, they want to leave, but Mrs. Dashwood, Mary, the mother, um, doesn't have a good sense of what living on their reduced income is going to mean because she keeps talking about, we can go to this house or this house or this house. And Eleanor, the oldest daughter, keeps saying, we cannot afford any of that. We can afford a cottage, maybe. If someone's nice to us. If someone is nice to us. Um, And so they're trying to find alternate lodgings and alternate accommodations, and everybody hates being in the house with Henry and his wife, Henry and Fanny. Um, Until... Fanny's brother Edward. Edward shows up,
0: and Edward is apparently very charming. He uh, is quick to win favor with the Dashwoods. I think at this point, the first human who walked in there and showed them just a drop of kindness, yeah, probably would have won their hearts because they have just been so like insult to injury. Yeah, over and over again.
1: But there's especially this attachment between Eleanor and Edward, and so Missus Dashwood doesn't want to leave until they become engaged, essentially, so that she knows that one daughter is taken care of. And then Fanny says, you "Not know, my brother. Uh, my... my brother's going no. He's no. gotta marry well. So your daughter needs to stop making eyes at him."
0: Yeah, it's clear that Eleanor is just trying to get with my brother for for the money. money. Yeah, calls her a gold digger. Mary Dashwood is so mad
1: that she takes the offered, uh, Bart- Barton, cottage, Barton Cottage, which her second cousin, who she's never met, um, wrote to her and offered to her and offered to the family. So and they, they leave. They leave. And then we meet. And then we meet Sir John Middleton and Mrs. Jennings. Mrs. Jennings! Um, and they are the family members who have offered this, um, cottage to the Dashwoods. Yep. And they are busybodies. And they are, they want to be involved in everybody's life. And the first thing they say when they meet Eleanor and Marianne and Margaret is, we're going to get y'all husbands right now. Who do you want to marry? Who Who do do you want to marry? marry? Doesn't matter. We're we're going to hook you you up. We're going to put you with Colonel Brandon. We're going to find somebody for you. And Margaret, who's the youngest sister, and she's like 13 or younger than that, is loving this. And she's like, well, Eleanor already has a sweetheart, so you can't set her up with someone to marry. And Eleanor's like, Meg, stop. What are you doing? Stop it.
0: And just like any elderly aunt, as soon as a small piece of your personal life has been dropped, they're over it. Like piranhas on meat.
1: Yes. So they're all obsessed now with getting the girls married off, which Marianne absolutely hates. Um, they're trying to set Marianne up Mister with- F. Sorry. That's Eleanor. They're trying to set Marianne up with Colonel Brandon. It's
0: true, because her sweet disposition would do well for him.
1: Uh I don't I feel, yeah that that's true. I don't know. I feel like the pairings in this one are just weird. Yeah, so I mean I honestly I don't like, know
0: who looks at like hello sixteen year old girl who's got a wild
1: temper. Wild temper. She is so spirited and passionate and I love mm, she's a drama llama. She is a drama llama. But I she has a conversation with Mrs. Dashwood that I absolutely love while well, they're watching Eleanor and Edward at at Norland. Um And Mrs. Dashwood's saying, I think there's an attachment. It'll be nice to have your sister settled. I'm very happy for her. And Marianne's like, oh, but he's so boring. He can't read poetry and he doesn't know anything about music. And he's just praising her drawings because she drew them. And mom's like, chill, daughter. And Marianne has this line about how I require so much out of a partner. I don't think there's anybody in the world who could (laughs) possibly satisfy me. And I'm afraid I'm going to be alone forever. And Mrs. Dashwood has this great line about... You're not yet 16. It's a little early to despair of finding happiness. <laughs> and I love that line. I it's feel like fantastic. that's something that every mother
0: should just tattoo on your forearm, <laughs> stitch it on a pillow, write yeah. it on the mirror and lipstick. You are still yeah. too young to despair. I always... Why was it? Andy Claycomb. I don't know if you ever got to meet mm-hmm. her when she was my roommate. She used to tell me all the time, I'm going to die alone, surrounded by
1: cats. And I don't even like cats. So... Mrs. Jennings is trying to set Marianne, who is sixteen, almost seventeen, up with Colonel Brandon, who is thirty-five. Which, in that day and age, that kind of right. age difference wasn't the but hugest he's a of super deal.
0: sad he's thirty-five. So he's had a broke like he's had a love affair, and it fell apart. And everybody in the county knows what happened. Yes. Well, they think they know what happened, but everybody in the county is all a twitter about Colonel Brandon and his broken heart. And how he was in love with a woman, and she destroyed him. So, yeah, clearly, the vulnerable dude who's pretty standoffish is the one that we should set up with a firecracker.
1: Yeah, but there's also another great conversation where Marianne is saying, he's so old, and her mother's like, watch it, he's five years younger than I am. Which is gross! (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, there's- A A mistaken
0: knight, and he could be her dad. He could, but- Actually, not even that mistaken. 20 years old is not that young to have a kid.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit more of an age difference than Knightley and Emma, and I ship that super hard, so I'm okay with the...
0: Emma and Knightley is... 16 years. I thought it was 21.
1: No, I think it's It's 16. 16. Yeah. But I ship that super hard. So I'm, like, okay with the old-timey age difference. It's fine.
0: Emma and Knightley couldn't have been with anybody else anyway.
1: Well, exactly. Anyway, so, yeah, Marianne, I think just partly because she's trying to be set up, is super standoffish about the whole thing, but unfortunately it prevents her from even wanting to, like, get to know him or be friends with him at all. Like, she wants nothing to do with him because she doesn't want to feed the fire and feed the rumors. And then, out on the moors one day, she trips and falls and sprains her ankle, and who should be passing?
0: In a storm. In a storm. In a downpour. Riding on a white horse.
1: In his wax coat. Mr. Willoughby. Mr. Willoughby. Who rushes to her aid, scoops her up as if she weighs no more than a feather, carries her back to the home, deposits her, not uh, with her mother or her
0: sister, but rushes into the house to deposit her on the settee.
1: And so, of course, Marianne is now completely in love. I think, Chase,
0: could you say a Twitter pated for me? A Twitter pated. Thank you. So, I believe that any male would call him and Twitter Peter. I told you I would drag you kicking and screaming into this podcast. I'm, I'm hating every second of this. No, no you're clutching your heart, because you're... Are you a Willoughby lover? Or Colonel Brandon? I, I don't even know the meaning of the word. Love? Willoughby. Well, let's go back to Willoughby. Okay, so okay. Willoughby. Willoughby, who... I don't think we ever
1: get his first name, do we? Mr.? I don't know. They just call him Willoughby through the whole thing. Even Marianne. Right. Um, um, well, we
0: never get that close to him because we see don't. Marianne and Willoughby are together for maybe two or three weeks.
1: Yeah, but it's they're very constantly short together. very time. They are joined at the hip. Well,
0: that would be inappropriate. It is inappropriate. They're joined at the elbow. <laughs> so, but they're reading poetry together while she's recuperating and cannot go outside. He brings her um, flowers, flowers and, and hothouse
1: or wildflowers no, wildflowers like, wild colonel brandon brings the hothouse flowers and that's a problem and he brings poetry and sits there and reads it to yeah. her but they are not good influences for each other because no. he is forward he's kind of rash he's a little bit rude um, he's the heir to an estate in town which is why he's there but he's dependent on his aunt and he's just he leads her into doing things that are inappropriate and she has absolutely no reserve no. Um. And so Don't she likes him. She has him. no. She has no sense. sense. Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. Thank you. Um. Eleanor is sense, and Marianne is, is, is sensibility. Sensible. And my high school reading journal came to the conclusion that having only one or the other is not ever enough. What What you should aim for, you need to have a mix of both.
0: So where is the opposite of Pride and Prejudice, where they were both prideful and prejudice?
1: Yes. Here it is. Completely one or the other, but Eleanor is dismayed at Marianne's behavior and is convinced and, because of Marianne's... Embarrassed. And she's convinced because of Marianne's behavior that they have to be engaged. They have to be secretly engaged and they haven't told anybody because that's the only reason for them to act with such impropriety. They go off on a carriage ride together. Alone. Alone and are gone for alone, the whole day. whole Can you imagine? And then they find out oh. that he took her to his aunt's estate while his aunt was not there. So... And so they were alone... In his future home, by themselves, for an entire day. Could have
0: deflowered her. We don't know.
1: We don't. And she has this line about how, if I was doing anything improper, I should have felt it at the time. <laughs> and Eleanor is about ready to smack her sister. Well, six I mean, from Sunday. depends on how big it is.
0: Oh, come on. You want to laugh out loud at that? Anyway. You do Chase does I I was I was laughing Cassie was laughing quite a bit very quietly I laughed Chase
1: approves of
0: Jane Austen having a good dick joke
1: so yeah so Eleanor is convinced they have to be engaged and yeah. it's gonna happen any day they're gonna announce it maybe his aunt doesn't approve and maybe that's why and so she and her mother are trying to figure out you know why isn't this happening and then he asks to call on them. He says, I want to come tomorrow afternoon, I want to talk to Marianne in private, and then I want to talk to the both of you. And so they're like, okay, great. Proposal. Let's do this. Let's do this. Get it on the books. And then the next day he shows up and he goes, I'm leaving. I'm leaving town. My aunt has sent me away. I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm going to town. Peace out. Marianne is inconsolable (laughs) because it wouldn't be appropriate for her to be anything else. If she was anything less, then she wouldn't love him. She lives either at... A one, two, or three. Or an eight, nine, or
0: ten. Yes. Everything in the middle just is four and ground. She just never gets there. Yeah. So, so she she's is distraught. So what, what should we do? What would cheer up two
1: sad girls?
0: Should we go to London?
1: Let's go to London! Let's go to London! But what, before we go to London. What do we need to do before we go to London? The Steel's come.
0: Oh, Lucy.
1: Lucy Steele. The Steeles come to visit. They are related to the- Mrs. Jennings. Mrs. Jennings. Because
0: Mrs. Jennings is Martin's mother-in-law. Yes. And his wife, has passed, So it's just him and his mother-in-law rambling no, around.
1: Sir she... John, his wife's alive. She's insipid. She's
0: insipid? I was going to say, I don't remember her at she's all. She's
1: there, but she's Whatever. inconsequential.
0: The two of them are just kind of like rattling around the house with an insipid wife. Yes. Oh. And like
1: four children. Yeah, um, but yeah, they invite the Miss Steels to come, Lucy and Anne, and so they are just horrific. They are Everything. They're just awful.
0: you wouldn't be like inviting somebody to your house who would just name drop
1: constantly. the
0: entire time, and so or talk about like inside jokes as if everybody should know them,
1: right? And Lucy gets Eleanor alone, and she goes, "I understand." She she asks, "She's like your sister-in-law." Fanny, Ferrer's Dashwood, are you at all acquainted with her mother? And Eleanor's like, no. Um. Why would oh, it? And also, Edward has come to visit at some point as well. He came to visit Burton Cottage. But he was there like a day and a half. He was there a week. Like a day and a half. Yeah. He didn't even um, stay a fortnight. He didn't stay a fortnight. He only stayed a night. <laughs> <laughs> High five! Hey Chase, do you know how long a fortnight is? It's two weeks. Do you know
0: how long a night is? Oh, seven weeks? No. Seven days. days. Seven
1: days. Oh. Fortnite is oh, short for, for 14. 14 Sad night. Yes. Okay, there. I'm um, just
0: sitting here. <laughs> You're sitting here. You're so invested. At the end of this, there will be a quiz. <laughs> oh, God, Marital relations are on the line. <laughs> they're not mine, but they're on the line.
1: <laughs> but no, Edward Kane. And everyone was thrilled to see him. There's a line about how it's the only thing that could have drawn Marianne out of her despair Mm -hmm. is seeing Edward and she's much, I actually like, I, I, do you like Edward a little bit better? I like him a little bit better now than I did in high school. And I do like his relationship with Marianne when he's there because he's kind of able to tease her a little bit and she kind of teases him back. Um, And it's, it's cute, but they're convinced that he's going to, he's there to propose to Eleanor. And he doesn't, and he's wearing a ring that has a lock of hair in it. And they're like, oh, whose hair is that? Is that your sister's hair? And he goes, yeah, it's my sister's hair. They're like, it doesn't look like her color. It is. And Eleanor's like, it looks like my hair color. I don't know how he got my hair, but he's wearing a ring with my hair in it. So but that so, must mean I'm, something. I'm sorry, we need to stop and talk. <laughs> mm.
0: The Victorian habit of hair cutting, <laughs> making pictures with hair, Saving hair is the, gr- it's so gross. <laughs> there is a museum of hair in London. Mm-hmm. It is nothing but jewelry made of hair, pictures, artwork, paintings made of hair, dyed hair, cut hair, curled hair. It's in resin. It's just sitting out. It's in piles. <laughs> it's rats. It's matted. This is so Gross. I do not know why. If we love each other, Cassie, I promise you, I will never snip a piece of your hair off and tuck it in my shirt. I don't, don't need
1: to snip my hair off and give it to Chase as a token of my affection. It falls out and is everywhere anyway.
0: I Yeah, I should just get... Chris uses one of those Zip It things in the mm-hmm. bathtub at least mm-hmm. once a year to pull the hair of mine that's down the drain. He can just make a hair doll out of that. Yes, If I made a hair doll now, I would be institutionalized. In fact, didn't we have a friend who used to keep hair yeah, samples? We, we, yeah, we, we do yes. have that friend. Yes. And we used to just be like, Ugh. and she'd be like, yep, I own it. It's weird and I like it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just... <clears throat> why? And it was the greatest intimacy because one of the reasons Meg is convinced that Marianne and Willoughby are engaged it's is because fun. she saw Willoughby, Willoughby talk- take a lock of Marianne's hair. But anyway, so Edward has this ring with this piece of hair in it, and Eleanor thinks it's hers, and she thinks he's going to propose, and everybody in the family thinks he's going to propose, and then he leaves and doesn't propose, and they... So Edward has left without proposing. Willoughby has left without proposing. They don't understand what's going on with either of these men. Then the Miss Steeles come to visit. Her hair looks a whole lot like Eleanor's. Uh, It does. And so she's asking all these questions about Eleanor's sister-in-law's mother, and she reveals... We've been engaged for years. That's how Miss Steele Steele talks. Lucy Steele and Edward Ferris have been secretly engaged for four years. And I read that the first time when I was in high school. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I hate this guy.
0: So they got engaged when he was
1: how old? Like 19.
0: Yeah. So what did you do when you were 19 that you're willing to commit to?
1: Because if he
0: was 19, I bet she was 12.
1: Because sure. he's probably a little older than
0: that, but, but yeah. So he's. Here, there's a more important question, because you're going to move on, but there's a more important question. Ask it. It goes back to the hair ring. And it's actually for Chase. Chase, let's say you're going to visit your side piece. Okay. <laughs> do you wear your girlfriend's hair ring with you? Do I have a death wish? I don't know. I, that, 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 that's
1: the question. Who do you ask? Well, he's in the county. He was in the county for a week before he came to the Dashwoods, and so, it's yeah, because was, the Steels live in that county, so oh he was visiting there. Oh my gosh, you're
0: right, you're so right. I forgot, that rings yeah. don't come off for the first month that you put them on. <laughs> I for, It's like earrings, right? Where you have right, to leave yeah. them in for mm-hmm. 30 days, you but have But it's to...
1: like he wants someone to find out, but he's not willing to actually talk about it, and he is the definition for me of the... Just fucking talk to somebody. Like, if at any point he'd said to Eleanor, hey, I... Really like you, but I made this stupid promise when I was nineteen, and I'm not sure I can get out of it.
0: I'm gonna try, but I don't know
1: if I can. And then try, then fucking commit to something. Like that's he, what drives me crazy. He about is him. the quintessential, mm. and I'm gonna
0: quote Dolly Parton here.
1: Okay. He needs to piss or get off the pot. He
0: is. Oh, he's he's Hamlet. He's all thought, and no action. He didn't yeah. do anything. Uh, he just Edward, wanders around being charming. Edward I'm Ferris I'm charming. is my so second charming. to least
1: favorite. Austin leading man. Who's your least favorite? Edmund Bertram from Mansfield Park. He's worthless. He's pretty worthless. He is worthless. At least Edward Ferrer's eventually, like, I sympathize with him. He's in this awkward position. If Once you've said, hey, yes, I'll marry you, it's kind of hard four years later to be like, look, I don't think this is going to work out. But he still should have done it.
0: Um... You just don't like that the pretty chick turned out to be super weird. And then Edmund's (laughs) like,
1: I'm going
0: back home.
1: Edmund drove me crazy because everybody was telling him, hey, Mary's a bitch and a piece of shit. Why are you with her? And he's like, no, no, she's perfect. I was like, she literally spends all of her time disparaging the job that you have. You have to forgive selfishness. For
0: selfishness in others can't be helped.
1: Mary Crawford. I know. I hate Mary Crawford and I hate Edmund Bertram even more. And I hate Edward Ferris almost as much as I hate although Edmund Bertram.
0: The brother Crawford had one of my favorite redemption cycles. Yeah, if you can call it that. I can call it that. I mean he quickly flips like it's like, well that didn't work. Fuck that. I'm gonna go back and put my dick in whatever I can. Sorry, Ryan's not here so I had
1: to make it really crass. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um anyway, but yes, Edward Ferris is like way down on the bottom of my list and I as I mentioned to Beth before we started recording, I have with me my high school reading log for Sense and Sensibility. Um, because Jane Austen was my study author, senior year <coughs> of high school. So I had to read four of her novels and record my thoughts on them. And I was not charitable to Edward um, in this in this uh, document. Your high
0: school might have been much better than
1: mine. No, I promise it wasn't. We didn't do anything like this. Uh, Although I did take AP English. We did this because my English teacher didn't want to teach. Oh. Well, that's that's
0: a pretty good way to get out of teaching. It is.
1: is. Yeah. Yeah. And what is the shocking revelation about Edward and Lucy secretly engaged for four years? That doesn't sound like Edward to me. Oh, poor Eleanor. I wrote poor Eleanor in here. (laughs) If you go through Sense
0: and Sensibility and highlight every time they say poor Eleanor, I bet she would run out of highlighter ink. (laughs) Hey, poor Eleanor. And poor Eleanor only cuz she doesn't stand up for herself ever. She never says what she wants. No. And neither does Ed- Edward.
1: No. No. I mean
0: Edmund doesn't either. Well, kind no. of.
1: But but that's my thing is that he clearly he clearly wants a relationship with Eleanor, but he's not willing to actually talk about it. And he's not willing to stand up to his family. He wasn't willing to stand up to his family for Lucy, which is why they were secretly engaged for four years, and I don't honestly know why Lucy put up with that, except Lucy's kind of a gold digger, so that's probably why. Lucy's kind entire, of. I'm she's sorry. entirely a gold
0: digger. It's not a little. She's, uh, I'm a little pregnant. No. She's totally a gold digger. Yeah. And just get to her gold digging. Now can we go to London? We can go to London now, yes. Alright, so now we go to London. And as soon as we get to London... As soon as we get to London. We step off the steps of the coach. What do you think happens? Chase. Plague. That would have been a better ending.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, Marianne sends a letter to Willoughby. Wow. And then
0: at noon? She sends a letter to Willoughby. And then at dinner? She
1: sends a letter to Willoughby. And before dinner,
0: uh, before bed? She sends a letter to Willoughby. And at breakfast?
1: She asks if there's a letter for her from Willoughby.
0: And at lunch? She asks again. And at dinner. She sends him another letter. And at bedtime.
1: There's still nothing. Still
0: nothing. Does, so this, go, th- does she not know how mail works?
1: Uh, do you know how mail works? She actually I have a pretty splurges. rough idea, actually. So honestly. There's, there's two versions of mail. There's okay. the penny post and the two penny post. Okay. And the penny post will take, like, a day to get there. Two penny post is basically, like, take this directly to them and put it in their hand. It's courier. Courier gotcha. yeah. service.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
1: And so she is paying for two penny post.
0: Gotcha. So she is sending a letter, and it is there probably within, like, half hour, 45 minutes. Yeah. Have That's... you ever walked around London? No. I haven't. <laughs> Elizabeth. Oh. Elizabeth. We did. What up? Oh, we actually saw... Oh. Did you so, sell, like, handwritten manuscripts? We, yeah. Cass and I went to the British The Library. British Library. It was amazing. And we got to see Jane Austen's handwriting. Her
1: lab desk and one of her original manuscripts out it. was Pride and, and Prejudice. Was
0: it was great. Yes. And I believe there was an automatic little thing that turned the pages so that it was mm-hmm. never too long on one page. Cassie wouldn't let me stay there. Oh, wait. Yeah, that's because Justin was with us. Because I told him we'd get into the BBC and then we could No, couldn't. we didn't. He was very mad at me.
1: Yeah. Anyway. Either way, so we're in London, and we're not hearing from Willoughby, and Marianne can't figure out why. And then they go to a party.
0: Right, and she is still, like, she's still emotionally raw. I'm going to say it that way.
1: Emotionally, emotionally raw. raw. Like
0: a stripped live wire.
1: And who does she see at the party? Willoughby! He's right there, and what does she do?
0: Runs to him, goes to embrace him as she would've. Back at the cottage. And what does he do? He, like, pretty much just puts his arm out on her head. Like, that the way your older brother would, to, like, keep you at bay. Like, whoa! And he's exchanging
1: whoa. all of these, like, social niceties with her. Like, it's very good to see you. I trust you left your mother well. Like, things that... How are you moustache? How what? are you? Yes. And she can't figure out what's going on. And he goes back to his, his party And she's been shunned and humiliated in front of this entire assembly of people. She's now the talk of the town in a bad way. Because she went and ran into this dude and he was like... And they're not engaged. Nope. So there's no call for her to be acting like that.
0: Yep. And in fact, when they get back to the townhouse, everybody goes, You guys weren't engaged?
1: Yes. Because that is No, we weren't engaged. Then
0: I wouldn't have let you send all those letters. Yeah. Well, why? What do you mean, well,
1: why? (laughs) Because you can't do that so to dudes. she sends one more letter to Willoughby. And the next morning she gets a response back. She has asked him she's basically like scolded him in this letter for how he treated her. And asked him to give all of her letters, letters back. So he sends them all back and he writes her this note about how I'm very sorry that I right. behaved in such a way that you felt was out of keeping with our relationship but I behaved to you exactly how I behaved to an acquaintance from the country who I knew for a short period of time.
0: Mm. Mm. And then the
1: news comes that he's engaged, nigh, married, married to Mrs. King. Well, Mrs. Willoughby now. Mrs. Miss King. With her fortune. Of, like, 40,000 pounds a year. Which She's is very a lot, rich. Of, she- it's a lot rich. of money.
0: Isn't she from, like, Jamaica or something? I don't know. Maybe.
1: But basically, his aunt found out about Marianne, didn't approve, told him, you're going to marry somebody rich or you're not going to marry anybody at all. Well, she cut him out. Yeah, she she's going to cut him out if he... No, she did cut him out.
0: She cut him out, and so he had to go find someone yeah. to pay for his life, and as soon as he did, she brought him back into the fold. Yeah. And, well, we'll find out all about that. Yes.
1: Later. So, Marianne is heartbroken, and she's like, well, this is my only reason to come to London, so I would like to go home now. And I'd like to die. And I'd like to die. And Eleanor's like, we can't, we can't go home. We said we would spend the season here with Mrs. Jennings. she's paying for us to be here. We can't go home. Now, Eleanor has her own issues because at every turn, Lucy Steele is hanging off of her arm because Lucy Steele has taken her into confidence about Edward, who I've loved for so long. And we've been secretly engaged. Are you remembering that I love this man and we've been secretly engaged? And he's like so tender with affection to me. He can't even stand to be in the same room as me because the power of our feelings if you could talk over. Lucy Steele, I will also not be able to stand to be in the room with you. So they go
0: on many walks and many talks and everywhere. You're right, everywhere she goes.
1: Everywhere she goes, that's all she talks about. And of course that is destroying Eleanor. Yeah, just a knife to the heart. But Eleanor is very reserved and, and she doesn't show says it. it says never says anything.
0: anything. Even Chase says that he e- things that he wants to say. It's true. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so Oh. Basically so so Eleanor just the Steels have become a, f- a favorite of Fanny, who's also in London at this point. Right. And she's kind of taking them under her wing. They're her pets. They're her projects. And I almost she's feel gonna like- She's going to find good, good marriages husbands. for them. And who could stand against the
0: Steels? Yes. The Steels are so beautiful, so accomplished, so refined. And I almost feel like she does this because she can see mm-hmm. that Eleanor is bothered. Oh, yeah. And that Marianne is bothered by these two girls. And so she's like, "Mm." well, I'm going
1: to play favorites.
0: Yeah, she shuns her own family. I Mm -hmm. mean, it's her family. She shuns them and takes on these two other girls instead because she's a horrible bitch. Yes.
1: And so, but that feeds into Lucy's like, oh, I'm getting closer to his family. They're going to accept me because his sister, you know, is saying any man would be lucky to marry me. So, you know, this is all going to be fantastic. And I'm going to confess something to you. I only got about halfway through rereading this book before today, but I did watch the 2007 version. The Was it the Ang Lee version? No, that's not. No, that was with Dan Stevens as Edward Ferrars, which oh. made me almost like Edward Ferrars because he did a very good job. Dan but Stevens could- can do no wrong.
0: Actually, I know that Dan Stevens can just read things to me and I'll be okay because mm-hmm. he did read one of the books that I recently listened yes. to on Audible. Yes. His eyes. Right? Mm. Mm. Ugh. You have to watch Legend, or Legion. Okay. I like watching him play crazy. Okay. Yeah. Good. That's pretty good. Okay, either way.
1: Anyway, but in that movie, there's at least, there's this scene where he, where Eleanor's with Miss Steele in a room, and Edward comes rushing in. Because he knows Eleanor is there. Because Eleanor's there, and he wants to confess to her, and she can see this train wreck happening, and she kind of steps back, and she's like, "Miss, Steel's hey, here. you know Miss Steele, right? Please don't say anything that you're going to regret <laughs> with your secret engaged person here. I know everything you've been
0: trying to hide. You're busted, but <laughs> I love you, so I'm so going to help you out. Here's a freaking bone. And then in the Ang Lee version, the 97, 95, probably, 95. Um I always love the look the look that Hugh Grant gives at that moment. <laughs> Because he is very good at looking crushed. Yes. And he just looks both crushed and like he's trying to look happy at the same time. And you feel really bad. Yeah. You know what else Ang Lee's favorite, like my favorite for? The next thing that happens to Miss Steele. Yeah. When she, Fanny's like, everybody would be, anybody would be lucky to have you as a daughter-in-law, as a sister-in-law. You mm-hmm. would be perfect. Who is this man that you love That
1: mm-hmm.
0: whose family won't accept you? And she goes, well, actually, it's Edward. And then in the Ang Lee version, you get to watch Fanny Dashwood literally rip the hair off Lucy Steele's head. It's yes. amazing. In the 2007 version, I believe she just hits her a whole bunch. Yes, and her sister's the one who spills beans. Her sister is? Her useless <laughs> sister. So, yeah, but in the, in the 90, in the 95 version.
1: Yeah, she like, she admits it, but yeah, so the secret is revealed. However, it's revealed to the Dashwoods. They find out and Mama Dashwood is like, Edward, you will detach yourself from this. Mama Ferris. Yeah, Mama Ferris. She's like, you will detach yourself from this lady um, or you are going to lose my everything. And he says, I will not
0: lose, I will lose everything, but I will not lose my honor. I have made Miss Steele a promise that I will marry her and Mama Fair says Gone. Get thee out of my house.
1: fucking oh, fucking Gryffindors. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Did you see that coming a mile away? <laughs> I mean I would I would <clears throat> I saw coming like a half a mile away. All right. I'd have to have some sort of like preference no, to anything about this book. When we're book. done, we're gonna do a quick rundown <laughs> of Gri- uh, of Hogwarts houses for Jane Austen characters.
1: Look, no, it drives me crazy because he has the perfect opportunity to detach himself from this girl who he does not love and does not want to marry.
0: Do you know what a Gryffindor would not do? Stay attached to a girl he does not love and does not want to marry. Well,
1: there is that, but... But he wouldn't have dumped her it's, for money. It's, yeah, it's the honor thing. It's, you know, I made a promise all to... He and I'm like, I, I I get it, okay? Whatever. But it still is infuriating for me that the one time he actually stands up for himself is about this. And then, okay, so now it's all over town and Marianne's like, I uh, can't believe that you knew about this. How could you... And, and she's got this whole spiel that she gives. She's like, well, you were never upset about it and so obviously you didn't love him as much as I thought that you did. And Eleanor's like, Bitch. And she goes off on her sister. Just because I do not sit and
0: weep and beat my chest does not mean that I do not have half the heart you do. Yeah. She's like,
1: I have had all of this weighing on me for four months. I have had to endure all of these things that Lucy's been telling me. I have not been able to tell anybody. I have been separated forever from the man that I am in love with. I may not have shown it, but I have been very unhappy. So we have, I think of it as a Jane Eyre moment. A Jane Eyre under the tree. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Where you just decide to uncork the bottle. (laughs) And it all
1: comes out. And you can't put it back in. No. And so, but I think it's a good moment for the sisters, because it does kind of force Marianne to... As far as... Recognize that she's not the only person in the world who's dealing with some stuff.
0: And I know, I know this is my, this is probably one of my least favorite Jane Austen novels, which again, isn't saying a whole lot, because like pizza, even a bad one's a good one. Um... But this climax scene is actually, I think, one of her best done. Oh yeah, because these two moments happen congruently, and and so we get to see we get to see uh, Lucy Steele finally get her stupid comeuppance. Yes. At the same time that Eleanor finally says what we've all been wanting her to say. Mm-hmm. This is one of the few books where you're like, I don't even want you to kiss. I don't even want you to get married. I just want the catharsis of hearing you say out loud yes. that you love him. Yes, exactly.
1: And so, so, and then Henry has this moment with her where he's like, I just want, he's talking to Eleanor, I just want you to know that uh, you would have been preferable to Miss Lucy Steele.
0: To which then Eleanor... <laughs> hauled back, slapped her brother, <laughs> flicked him off, and kicked him in the nuts.
1: Didn't happen. Should have happened. Didn't happen. Um, happened. But so then Colonel Brandon comes to Eleanor, and he says, um, I heard this thing happen to Edward Ferris, and I'd like to help. He wants to go into the church. Um, I have a vacancy in the church attached to my property, mm-hmm. and I'd be happy to, to offer it to him as a job. And so, because Colonel Brandon doesn't really know Edward, Eleanor's kind of the go-between in that situation. And she says this man, and Edward believes that she's done this for him. And she's like, nope, nope, just the messenger. This was, this was all him. He's a good man. He's a good man. Um, also, she doesn't really want to- doesn't want to talk to him.
0: Nope. Yeah. Doesn't really want to talk to Edward at all. He had it out. He didn't take it. Um, pretty hurt. So the engagement is well known and now they can be together. But and
1: we learn a little bit more about Colonel Brandon. We do, and, and we, we learn, learn Yeah that he had this childhood friend that he was in love with. She he, fell in love with somebody quite like Willoughby. Yes. S- very like Willoughby. Yes. And so she was taken advantage of. And she had a child. And then she died. And so he took her child and raised it as his own this child was his ward and then fucking willoughby,
0: fucking willoughby fucking
1: willoughby um seduced colonel brandon's ward which is there's there's always throughout the whole story there's this animosity between willoughby and brandon and willoughby plays it off as oh no he's boring and he has uh, wanted it to rain when i wanted it to be fair and he's contrary and that's why i don't like him when in fact it's the fact that colonel brandon hates his guts cuz he Seduced and impregnated at his ward, which he finds out later. But yeah, you'll have it. But yeah, so that's also part of the reason why Willoughby was cut out of his aunt's will is because she found out about this, and she's like, "You are you, you had sex. You weren't married. You got a girl pregnant. That's a problem. And so you will find a rich person to marry and cover up this scandal. Yep. Or you have nothing." And so that's another reason. And at one point, after he's married, he actually, and that that's been revealed to Eleanor. Colonel Brandon tells Eleanor all of that. Willoughby actually comes to the house looking for Marianne. No, that's later. That's at Cleveland. Yeah, I'm skipping ahead. We yeah, we have to go. Okay, we have to leave London. You know and what, go to Cleveland. I'm done with London. Let's. It's let's really leave. fucked us over. Yep. You know
0: what, Lucy Steele, she's kind of in disgrace. We need to get out of here.
1: Yeah, let's go visit Missus Jennings' daughter. Well, it's, Williams, on the
0: it's on the way. It's on the way home. And did you know that from the back of her hill, you can see the abbey that Willoughby is to inherit?
1: I love Mr. Palmer so much.
0: <sighs> He's so dry.
1: He's so dry. So, Mrs. Jennings has a daughter... Imelda, Imelda? Imelda Stoughton played Charlotte in the 1995 version. Um, Mrs. Jennings has a daughter named Charlotte who is the stupidest... Silliest creature ever in the world, which makes sense
0: if you remember her other daughter, who's married to Martin, is also an
1: imbecile. Yes, um, and so her, Miss her husband, Mister Palmer, has been saddled with this woman for his entire life, who freaks out over everything. Everything, and the only way he can cope is to be sarcastic as hell, which Hugh Laurie does. Hugh Laurie does brilliantly Brilliant. but I really do like the moment with you, Laurie where Marianne does get sick and Eleanor's like she needs a doctor and he like immediately springs into action then we he's, find not he's not a not bad guy yeah. Yeah, he's not a bad guy he just has a horrible wife
0: sometimes you get saddled with a ridiculous wife and then you turn into somebody who's sarcastic you know because your yeah. nerves
1: have been my constant companion these yeah. many years wrong book wrong same book. situation but so they go to the estate of the Palmers which is called Cleveland which I find amusing um i to make a rock and roll of Fame <laughs> joke right here. And it just, yeah, really?
0: Tie a a river. That's, it's going to set it on fire. Do you want to go with the president? Not really. Good, because we're not going to go there twice. Oh! Oh! Presidential jokes, kids. Presidential jokes. <laughs> Beautiful.
1: Anyway. The so we on at... that moment is really good because it's quiet, quiet, quiet. <laughs> okay. So we go to Cleveland. Um, and Marion loves it there because it's got all of these, like, hills and passageways and moors that she can go wander in her desolate state. <laughs> Look, Marion drives me freaking nuts. Really? Yes, because she climbs to the top of the hill from whence you can see Willoughby's estate, And it then starts to rain. Again, this girl gets caught in the rain all the fucking time. She is an Anne Radcliffe character. She is. She's a Bronte character in an Austen novel.
0: Yeah, that's why. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which is why you like her and I don't.
0: (laughs) I love the Brontes. I know. You should. You should,
1: too. Anyway, so she gets caught out in the rain. She gets sick. Like, actually, like pneumonia, very, very bad. Sickness. Could die. Could sick. die almost. Colonel devised. Brandon goes out and finds her.
0: Brings her in. So, this
1: lovely little parallel. Yep, we
0: got a nice little mirror mirror there going on.
1: Brings so we'll, her back yeah. in.
0: And he rides to get her, her mother. mother. and Because it's yeah, she, that serious. Her yeah, mother she needs could to be there. Um, and Eleanor is kind of left. Like, the um, Mrs. Palmer and Mr. Palmer, yeah, he gets the doctor, but then they're like, we gotta go! We got a baby! And she could kill us all with her evil, evil germs. And so they take off. So Eleanor's left to, like, ramble around this stupid house all by herself. You know, waiting for her sister to hopefully wake up and not die. And who should come? Willoughby. Fucking Willoughby. Fucking Willoughby. Well, his estate is just over there. It, it Yeah, is. you can see it from the back of their accursed hill. And hills. he tries we to should make pa- all these- We should plant a row of trees.
1: Yes. He tries to make all of these excuses. And uh, the thing is... I, At no point in I does he say he's sorry. He never says he's sorry. I do think that he loved Marianne as much as he was able to. I think his initial, you know, was just wanted to get into her pants a little bit, but I think there was a genuine sort of affection as much as he yeah, capable I of.
0: Think there was an attachment there, but he is.
1: But he's the sle- he's the Jane Austen sleazeball ball of this novel,
0: and that is a trope.
1: Yes, there's the always Jane a sleaze sleazeball. ball, but, but unlike and in this story, it's un- going to be. unlike
0: Brother Crawford. Oh, unlike brother crawford worst sleazeball willoughby has no interest in reforming oh no he wants to take the path of least resistance yeah whereas brother crawford he's like you know what you could make me a better person that could be fun Mm -hmm. i mean he's wrong
1: he's wrong but yeah so willoughby like wants to talk to marianne and Eleanor's just like no fuck off get get the hell out of here
0: yeah she is like this because you are a dick yeah, you are married to someone else. You have nothing that you can add to her life. Do not come before me again.
1: Yeah, and she kicks him out, and I'm like, "Go, Eleanor, because she's awesome." In that moment,
0: oh look, she tells what she's actually thinking. Exactly, for once.
1: So we've uncorked the bottle of
0: emotions yeah. for Eleanor, and we're not putting the cork back in. Yeah, now she becomes a decent character. Yes, which at first I'd want to throttle her. Yeah,
1: but that's growth. You've got to have starting at a place where you've got some place to go. It's deliberate.
0: I'm going to remember you said this later.
1: It's the point. She has to give We're going to be talking
0: about Shakespeare again. I'm going to say something's growth, and she's going to be like,
1: No, it's inconsistency. I don't sound like that. She does. Anyway,
0: <laughs> so, It's inconsistency. <laughs> Marianne
1: does not die. She recovers. Yay! Yay! But she's very weak. She's very weak. They go back home. Colonel Brandon takes them home. And Colonel Brandon is very attentive he is. to Marianne. He- Rescued her off of the moors in her illness. He went and got her mother. He's making sure that she's regaining her strength every day and that she's keeping her mind occupied. And is he doing that by reading her poetry? Do you mean you get to watch Severus Snape reading Shakespearean love sonnets on screen? I and it's do. And smiling and laughing. It's so in a rakish so hat. In a rakish hat. It's, it's so surreal to it's, watch Alan Rickman in that role. I'm tired of Angley.
0: Telling me what's sexy (laughs) and then being right about it.
1: So while they're at home and Marianne is recovering and she's falling in love with Colonel Brandon and he asks her to marry him and she says yes and she's so happy and she apologizes to Eleanor for being so happy when Eleanor is still unhappy and they get the news that Miss Lucy Lucy Steele has been married.
0: No, Nate. Not Miss Lucy Steele any longer, Missus Ferris. Missus Ferris had been in town. I saw Missus Ferris, and I went ahead and wished her well. Wished
1: her well, and then who comes to their door to visit? Edward. Edward. Yeah, that just makes sense, right? Because if yeah. Lucy, if Lucy just Ferris is in town, why wouldn't Edward what? be? Edward is there too, and so he comes to the house, and it's awkward for everybody. And they're saying, you know, we're King, gonna wish you. We're gonna wish you joy. He's like, thank you.
0: How was Mrs. Ferris? How, um, my mother was well. My mother well. is
1: well. Oh, uh, she's well. Did you leave Mrs. Ferris in London? No, my mother's at Exeter. I met Mrs. Edward, Edward Ferris. Ferris, and he goes, "Oh no, no, no! no. no, no. You mean Mr.
0: Mr. Robert, Robert Ferris. <laughs> Ferris?" Oh, we forgot to tell you guys that Edward had a brother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he has a brother. His brother's name is Robert, and he is a he's a, a dicker
0: He's a douchebag too.
1: He's all awful. So they deserve each other. But as soon as he stood up for Lucy and said, no, I made a promise. I will marry this woman. And his mother goes, you have no money. Your brother has all my money. Lucy goes, that brother is now more attractive to me. Did, did you
0: know that while we were thrown together so much in London, <laughs> And so I'm, then I fell uh, for Robert. And Robert's like, she mine now. And then I guess Mrs. Ferris is like, well, shit, I don't have another son to give money to. The money to, so I guess it's fine. Why can't you just call the lawyer? Okay, call the lawyer back in and be like, uh... <laughs>
1: Slash it and reverse it. Yeah. No. Okay. So yeah. So, so Edward reveals he's not married, and he has come there with the express purpose of apologizing to Eleanor, of confessing his love for Eleanor, and of proposing to Eleanor. And Eleanor that says, was "Goddamn time."
0: Says yes. She, she says, says yes. yes. So now, Marianne will live with Colonel Brandon because they're married. Yes. Inside Colonel Brandon's. House? Yes. Manor. Manor. Something. Manor. Uh, he's got an estate. Yeah. Of which, don't forget that now Edward Ferris is their... Their pastor, their curate, whatever yeah. the term is. Ooh, let's go with curate. Curate? Is that a good one? It is. Do you know what a curate is? Is it
1: kind of like a major domo.
0: No. It's nothing like a major domo. A curate would be like a country minister who has not been ordained. Uh-huh. Yes, and Absolute. that's what
1: that's what Edwards wanted to do the whole book is go into the church. Yeah, wow.
0: he just wants to study. Like he just really wants to sit around and read and pick wildflowers. Like,
1: <laughs> and Eleanor's like that
0: sounds good, that's great. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, can we at least have somebody to make the bread because I'm really bad at it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. Done. And so and there literally are...
1: the last shot of the 2007 *Sense and Sensibility* is Dan Stevens chasing chickens around a yard, and it's adorable. That is.
0: That is. Pretty it's
1: the last shot, and Eleanor's laughing, delighted at him as he chases chickens around their yard.
0: she's also the enchantress,
1: and I loved that they were thrown together again in in that, Beauty and the in Beast. Beauty and the Beast almost as much as I loved that Colin Firth and Jennifer L were thrown together for half a scene in the King's Speech. Colin Firth, Darcy. So yeah. many
0: terrible fourteen-year-old so, yeah. dreams
1: so that's that's sense and sensibility that's true and it's fine it's fine
0: it's more than fine it's good it's good it's good it can be my least favorite and still be good it's not my least favorite because
1: mansfield park, mansfield park
0: it, yeah <laughs> but there so i like the rake better in mansfield park than i do in here i
1: hate willoughby oh i hate willoughby too i funny. don't
0: like i don't even hate wickham as much as i hate willoughby and wickham is pretty shitty
1: Look, he's is not even a dude. He's just pretty shitty. He is, and I'm trying to figure out what the difference for me is between him. I think it's that Willoughby is snide. Willoughby is not charming, really. Wickham is charming. Wickham is a liar, but he's yeah. He's a slick liar. Yeah.
0: He's a politician. He's a very politic. Willoughby he's is just rude throughout the whole thing. I hate Willoughby. Yeah, every And they always, he's always played by somebody who's incredibly handsome. Dominic Cooper played him in yeah. 2007 and he was so good looking. And um, Emma Thompson's husband, Greg, Greg Wilde, yeah, played him, Greg Wise. He is so incredibly handsome yeah. as well. So he's always this handsome, charming, but it's just all on the outside. Everything's yeah. on the outside.
1: Yeah. And I think you get to see it. The thing I think with Wickham is that until he runs away with Lydia, he until be... until you hear the account from Darcy, and even like, but until he actually like runs away with Lydia, you don't really see what he is underneath. Whereas with Willoughby, he's rude to everybody from like the beginning. Like Marianne's yeah, he's taken with fast him, but
0: and loose with her. Yeah, and if. I don't believe that men should have anything to do with a woman's uh, reputation. A woman should develop her own reputation. Blah, 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 blah. But he's playing fast and loose with her reputation as if it belongs to him and as if mm-hmm. her whole life
1: yeah, is used to control. And he's done it before. Yep. And, um, and he made a mistake and got somebody ugh. pregnant and that's really the only so reason he's not going to do it again.
0: I love a rake like I love a fool. I love a rake. And so the fact that I can't love this rake at all, not even for a minute of it, mm-hmm. means that I always hate it. At least yeah. with Wickham, we get some good Wickham lines, and we yeah. know he's a rake, and he's unincorrigible. Um, and he gets stuck with Lydia. And that's the worst thing that can ever happen to him. Exactly. And with Crawford, brother, I love him, because he's got a good redemption no. cycle. No. No. no, Nope. Nope. um. But, but Anne Elliot doesn't really have a rake in, because I mean, Mr. Elliot, he's not a rake. He's, he's a talker. not great. No, he's not a rake. He's not rakish. He's just kind of like
1: he is, is. the one girl. We'd we'd like Smith.
0: They're plotting. It's all about money. But he's not a rake. If anything, um, the captain is a rake, and she falls Aww. in love with him for it. But
1: I love Wentworth.
0: Rakes are a good thing. <laughs> Eleanor, stop! You're allowed to like a rake. <laughs> Rakes are charming and witty, and they're usually up to something slightly <laughs> underhanded, like That's flirting not with Wentworth. Henry.
1: He's not a rake.
0: Are you kidding? He flirts with Henrietta, not because he wants Henrietta.
1: No, he's because it what drive him crazy. He's bitter. He's hurt and betrayed.
0: He's a rake. He is the kind of guy who would look at you. With a sparkle in his eye and a quirked up smile and kiss you while smiling. And you would be done. A smiled kiss is the worst. You really have no way of fighting against it. Anyway. That's why Persuasion is my favorite.
1: I think, I I did not like Persuasion when I was in high school. Maybe you have to be But I like it, I like it more now. I, when I was 17, I was like, oh my god, this is so depressing. Why am I reading this? Well, Anne um, goes out and does what Anne wants to do. Exactly. And I like, I like Jean Austen pushing against um, the idea that once you reach a certain age, you can no longer have a love story. Because Anne Elliot is 27 years old. Oh my
0: gosh!
1: But I, I Put her like... on the shelf. She
0: could go out as, as a spinster. Yeah. She doesn't need a chaperone anymore. Who would want her? Her bits are shriveled. <laughs> She's 27. She's like a pickle stuck I, in a jar without any
1: juice. But I like that Jane Austen pushes back against that. And she does it in Sense and Sensibility because of the line with Marianne of you're 17 years old. It's a little early to despair of ever finding happiness. Because I feel like in Jane Austen's time and even still today, women are put on such a timetable. Like Jane Austen
0: was put on the show. She
1: was. She was 41 and not married when she died. Um... But we're put on this timetable of your first kiss happens in high school. And if it doesn't, there's something wrong with you. You, ha- you date and you have boyfriends in high school and college. And if you're not engaged by the time you're in your early 20s, your whole life is off track. You need to be married by your early 20s and have kids before you're 30. That is the way that it works. And if you push beyond that, you're doing something wrong. And that is this mentality that pervades our culture. I think, I think I've made a mistake. <laughs> I didn't do it. Well,
0: I did kiss. I did kiss in high school. We did the kissy kissy. <laughs> but I didn't get married until I was yeah. 27. First kid at 30. Yeah. Last kid at 32.
1: Yeah, so I like that she kind of pushes back against that. Especially with persuasion. But in, oh, in, in her, Especially other... when you think about 16-year-olds and 32-year-olds. Oh. So gross. Okay, yes, fair. Marianne does marry a 35-year-old when she's 17 by the end of the story, but
0: although there is that fine. republican stuff. But senator. no, I was definitely Josh, Josh.
1: um reading through my my comments in my 15 <laughs> year old uh book, oh, she look, old now. She old book uh log. I did not like Edward and still don't. I still don't, but I like him better than I did when I was in high school. Um and he's not even the strong silent type. <sighs> no. Because he's but, not strong. But I was, I was definitely in high school rooting for Eleanor and Colonel Brandon to get together. I was like, "You're the They're, people you love are being stupid. You guys seem like you get along really well. Why don't you just make a match of it? So, in every Jane Austen
0: novel, there is a Moral North character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Colonel Brandon is our Moral North character. You're yeah. an Eleanor, so no wonder you love Colonel Brandon. I
1: do like Colonel Brandon.
0: Because Eleanor should, who is also... Kind of a moral North mm-hmm. character. It seems that they would go together very yeah. well. Uh, in *Pride and Prejudice*, Charlotte F- and Colonel Fitzwilliam.
1: Sure, I was oh. going to go with Charlotte. Charlotte, I mean Lucas, Charlotte
0: too. Yeah, she's
1: she's very. You've North. got the
0: super practical. Yeah. The sense. The sense, if
1: you will. Oh, I will. Um, but no, I, I want to read to you like one section of this from my seventeen-year-old thoughts. Um, this is right after we find out Willoughby is to be married to a woman of a large fortune. Ooh, huge tracts of land. And, uh, my comments are, and I'm pretty sure I was catering this largely to my English teacher, um, because I didn't actually talk like this, but... <laughs> Gossips, one and all! Leave the poor child be for pity's sake. Colonel Brandon's admission of his knowledge of Willoughby sounds awfully like Darcy's situation with Wickham in Pride and Prejudice. An interesting connection. And John Dashwood returns to the scene. Shallow, unfeeling man. I do not like him, and I like his wife even less. Though at least she is only cruel. He is spineless on top of that. And Edward is now to be married to a third woman. What is it with this guy? I can't for the life of me figure him out.
0: Precocious. 17-year-old Cassie was precocious. Yeah. So when she's talking about her theater kids, mm-hmm. and she calls them precocious, <laughs> oh yeah.
1: just pull the pull this binder out. It's fine.
0: Well, now, now look, we're g- we're going to have to be very careful because I am certain some of them are <laughs> going to listen to this. Uh, Don't let her tease you, program. then, children. <laughs> she's just
1: like but you. Here's what struck me reading the book this time through that did not strike me when I read it in high school. There is an awful lot of. Second loves going on. Second love stories going on. Think about Mama Dashwood. She was Papa Dashwood's second wife. True. Um, you have Marianne is Willoughby's second love, if you count this girl who got pregnant. She's Colonel Brandon's second love.
0: And Colonel Brandon is her second is love. That is her
1: second love. Eleanor is Edward's second love. Lucy Steele marries her second love with Robert. So there's a lot of this kind of pattern of people are not in this story really ending up with the first person that they fell in love with. It's kind of this idea of you can fall in love once and it might not be right for you and you can fall in love a second time when you're older or wiser and... Or falling down, down a second hill. falling down a second hill. But I thought rainstorm. that was a really... Second rainstorm. I thought, I thought that was a really interesting... It is really.
0: I'd never... Oh, you always have structure. I that try. I, I really try. Um and
1: but I think about I think about her other novels and you don't see that very much. Um no, with it, with Elizabeth and Darcy there's not really anybody else. I don't count Collins because You so
0: he's a fool. I feel like with Pride and Prejudice what she's looking for is um. That your first perception mm-hmm. is never right. Yeah. I mean that's clear in the title. Um, just a sense and sensibility is what your heart tells you and what your head tells you may be different and you may need to follow a different one. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like Mansfield Park. I mean, yeah, there's second loves in there, but that's because the Crawfords are horrible people. Right. Um and so are the girls. For that matter, there the bird are, terms are just terrible. There are
1: no redeemable characters in that story. Fanny
0: Price's little sister?
1: Is okay. <laughs> okay, she's fine. She's her all right. Her brother gets a commission. Okay, yes. Her, bro- I think. I think one of my comments <clears throat> in my my reading log for Mansfield Park is that there are three likable characters in that story. Mister Norris
0: is cool, but he kicks it pretty soon.
1: Yeah. But I said there are three likable characters in Mansfield Park. She will not tease my pug. I just taught. Her. <laughs> so and so to stop doing
0: that. That's what yeah, you no, think. Everybody's, everybody's awful. Everybody's yeah, they're awful all... in that book. And maybe that's what it. Mansfield Park is a place where awful people get together <laughs> and they do awful things to each other. But if they just stay at Mansfield Park, it's fine. <laughs> and don't try to put on theater on your own. It's lewd.
1: Especially that script. Anyway, but I I feel like one of the things that she's really trying to call attention to with Sense and Sensibility is this idea that you can find happiness a second time in your life. That your first love does not have to be your last love. And if your first love goes south, it doesn't mean that you will never love again.
0: And, I mean, she does kind of the same thing with Persuasion, which is, you know, just if just because it doesn't work out the first time around, right, doesn't mean it's not meant to be. You just may not, You may have to
1: grow to get there.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Sandition has no plot. So. Well, she
1: didn't finish it. Yeah, so we're not and Lady her. Susan, I mm, don't know enough about, and I don't think she finished that one either. Or she wrote it when she was very young, something like that. Uh, okay, so it's,
0: it's a pistol.
1: Yeah, I haven't read it.
0: I enjoy. And I like that epistle works are coming back. Mm-hmm. I enjoy reading from one character's point of view and not in some sort of, like, omniscient right? first or an omniscient third, which I always think is strange when they're writing as, like, he said, she, uh, in first person, but somehow the narrator still knows more than the person talking. But this very, like, structured epistle work it's really kind of neat um, one of the first books that you let me was beastly and it mm-hmm. has some very epistle things yeah, going yeah, on in there it does and um, I don't know I'm just I'm into that coming back again I really am enjoying that as a narrative structure that's coming back yeah um, and that's really the only thing about Lady Susan that's even worth it that's um, fair if you watch watch the Kate Blanchett okay And uh, despite the fact that her friend who's in it is terrible, like, she's just terrible. Just awful. You'll get the gist of it, and you'll automatically go, oh, I see what you're trying to do. You wrote Northanger Abbey trying to make fun of Anne Radcliffe. This was a terrible early attempt.
1: Yes. To make fun of other writers. All right, so, important questions, now that we're reaching the end of our time. Yep. Number one, Austin leading man. Who's your favorite? God, it's hands
0: down. It will now and forever be
1: Mr. Darcy. Oh no. Oh yeah. Oh no, it's Henry Tilney. It's who? Henry Tilney. Henry Tilney is the best. He knows about Muslin. I'ma hit you with a book.
0: (laughs) You have many options
1: to choose from. (laughs) No Henry Tilney is always and forever my number one, and then George Knightley, and then Mr. Darcy.
0: Mr Darcy and uh, Captain Wentworth, yeah, they're or my for they're me top or in the top for me because I enjoy a good rake, but I also like a man who's in touch with his feelings and willing to admit when he's wrong. And Mister Wentworth gives the speech, or Captain Wentworth has the has letter, the
1: most beautiful love letter ever written in literature. Don't tell I am me half that a agony, half hope oh uh, don't
0: tell me the man's heart loves le- less long or something like that oh, blah 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 it's almost as good and i've seen both that one of my favorite actresses played wentworth and mr rochester um so if i had to pick like darcy and rochester like
1: you like rochester uh... get out of this house mm-hmm. get out mm-hmm.
0: Nope. I mean, I will. I I gotta go home because I have to go to work (laughs) tomorrow. Mm. But have you read uh, John Ford's uh, The Air Affair? Yes. Mr. Rochester, and that's amazing. Yeah, no, that Mr. Rochester is great. I'm so sorry that somebody saddled him with a tear. Because he made a mistake in his youth that he can't do anything about. He's taking care
1: of her. Yeah. She's fine. Yeah. Why but you he... don't seduce the help and then try to marry them when you already have a wife. But he can't he he can't have a wife with her.
0: He can't have a life with her. He can't no, have kids with her. He can't do anything with her. And I'm not saying that that's if not tragic, her, but don't if, if he put her in an asylum, he could have annulled the marriage. Yes. He could have gotten rid of her. He took better care of her than she would have had there.
1: And that's fine, and that's noble, and I appreciate it, but don't drag Jane through the mud. He wasn't trying to disturb- Yes, he was. She
0: jumped out out of the moors at him- like a fairy, and spooked his horse. He knew that
1: he was already married. He knew that would matter to Jane, and he lied about it so that he could marry her as well. And perhaps this would be a better topic for another episode. <laughs> Wait, this is this is in Austen. This is Bronte. Yeah.
0: So seriously, it's still ostentatious. Uh, that's true. Anyway, you should read the White Sargasso Sea. I
1: have, and I didn't enjoy
0: it. Listeners, I tried. <laughs>
1: Anyway, why don't you like the Brontes? All right, sorry, sorry. All right. So anyway, that's *Sense and Sensibility*. I, I like Eleanor. I, I like Marianne. Yeah, you would. <laughs> but, Meg <is> <laughs> but Meg is the best. But Meg is the best. Meg is the best, right, one? Chase? <laughs> <laughs> All Meg wants to do is go be a pirate captain.
0: I'm what's he's writing down over there, Chase? Mm, nothing. I'm doing my. Like, okay. <laughs> I think, okay. I think he's trying to pre-edit this, so he has to spend the least <laughs> amount of time listening. Yeah, I do that for all of my shows. <laughs> oh. So we should probably sign off. Thanks yeah. for listening Thanks to for our listening. April 1st edition of
1: Ostentatious. And hopefully we can do more of these at some very late date in the future. It's
0: true. At some point.
1: because well, We have um, to
0: sneak them in under Shakespeare's when nobody would ever listen to them.
1: I don't think that's true. I don't think so either. I think a lot of people would listen to a podcast called Ostentatious. The only problem is we only have about seven that we can do. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Then we just like start in. to go through all of the movie adaptations that have been made. Ugh. But that requires we start watching you. the 1980s Northanger Abbey, which I'm not sure I can do without gouging my eyes out. Really? It's so bad.
0: What if we prefaced it with the 1930s Pride and Prejudice? Oh God, where they're all wearing Southern bell hoop skirts. It's Pride and Prejudice at the Antebellum South Garden Party. <laughs> so, so bad. If you wanted to get through that in one day, they did. And everybody got married at the end. It was so nice. Yeah. Even married. And and
1: Lady Catherine was just testing. Just testing. Just, testing. Just she test the whole time.
0: You oh were God. just
1: dreaming. If you want to see good adaptations of *Sense and Sensibility*, you can watch the 1995 movie with, God, a star-studded Yeah, cast. Emma
0: Thompson and Alan Rickman and Kate, Kate Winslet, Winslet,
1: Winslet, Hugh Laurie, Hugh Grant, Imelda Staunton. Ang Lee directs it. He Maggie just, Smith might be in there somewhere. I don't think no, she actually she's is. She's not. But... She's
0: not. But look closely, you might find her. Um, um the guy who plays like, Where's <laughs> Waldo? Wait, nope. British. Where's what do they call? And him then over there's there?
1: the 2007, Wally? 2007 with Dan Stevens. That's the what? Morahan, and BBC. Yeah, that was BBC. Um, Mark Williams plays Sir John Middleton, and he played uh, Mr. Weasley in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't forget Dominic Cooper. And Dominic Cooper plays Willoughby, the rake.
0: He's always strange when he appears, cause he like your husband looks about 15 years younger than he is. And my husband does
1: not look 15 years younger than me. Uh, the girls at the
0: branch today were questioning <laughs> whether or not he was over 25. <laughs> They're like, is he they old just enough to be get, in banking? Oh they just, just gotta God, get yep.
1: close enough to see the silver in his hair. I'm like, yes. yes, he is. No,
0: just, How do
1: you know? I'm like, we went to college together and I'm old. <laughs> uh, so those two movie adaptations are both very well done.
0: It's true. Um, I am also... Nope. Nope. The older BBC one is terrible. Don't do it. Don't do it to mm-hmm. yourself. It's about six hours of just drawl. Like this is a boring. It, it was so boring. It was so bad. I can't and had then wigs.
1: Yeah, and I I don't know of any. That's it. That's all I can think of. Well, and I don't know of any good book adaptations off the top of my head. Uh, I'm sure yeah, there are. It, Emma the and ones Pride and Prejudice
0: there. are the ones that always get redone.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think there's even a literary web series? There probably is. I'm sure there's a literary web series online somewhere for Sense and Sensibility. It's just not one I'm aware of.
0: I'm worried about that. It's gotta be Australian. <laughs> she only listens I mean, to it's... the finest New Zealand shows.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not sure I got started on Lizzie Bennett Diaries. And I've seen that one and I know for sure there's one of Mansfield Park and I know for sure there's one of Emma and I think there's one coming out actually about that's Persuasion and there's two for Northanger Abbey. Um, so I'm sure someone's done sense of sensibility. It just hasn't caught my attention. Alright. <laughs> well Cassie it's time. It is
0: time, Beth. Say goodnight, John Boy. Good night, John Boy. What, Paul? Huh? <laughs> no, no! <laughs> no! no!